Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me the funny thing Speaking that you made me start recording for. Speaking of wanting to rather be pregnant. <laughs> every time it's my turn to do the litter box, I'm like... Wait, what? Every, every time it's my turn to clean the litter box. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? If I was pregnant, I wouldn't be allowed to clean the litter, litter box. <gasps> yeah, so that that's right. Myself, hmm, maybe it's time to have a baby. And then my plan is to just remain pregnant until that first baby is old enough to do the litter box and then I'll never have to do it again. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I, I mean, love it. I might have like seven children, but it'll be fine because then they can all do the other stuff that I don't like doing. Yes. That's why people have kids, man. Yeah. So that's what goes through my mind every time I clean the litter box. So maybe we should stop recording and let Greg get to it. <laughs> no. No, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, is that all only crosses my mind when I'm cleaning the litter box? Otherwise, it's not. Otherwise, not so much. I mean, people have decided to have children on a less solid ground, so I think you're okay. I think you're. I think you're good. Okay, good. Tell tell me, listeners, do you think this is a good plan? <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Thanks. Oh, speaking of listeners, we should probably introduce ourselves. Oh yes. I don't think we've done that for the last few episodes. No. Who so, are you? I'm Dr. Sassy Pants. Right. PhD. Uh, PhD. Armchair detectives. MD. Uh, armchair detectives. Psychic detectives. <laughs> armchair psychic detectives. The list keeps going. Yeah. And weren't you like a chemist at one point? Oh, um, yes. Chemist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I have a fun nickname. I don't think we gave you one yet in that one episode. I'm Amber. <laughs> I'm the loud host, the you obnoxious are. host. You are. I'm the quiet one. Well, you're not obnoxious, but I'm the quiet one. I think uh, I'm we tell each other stories. My real name is Kenzie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can also we we also prefer like a doctor. That's yeah, fine. yeah. Doctor if if you want to be casual, but still like you know I impartial. Mean, like, if you want to be casual, you can just call me sassy pants. Mm. But I really prefer the doctor in front of it because I work yeah. hard for that. It's an earned, it's yeah. an earned title. Yeah, I worked really hard for that title. So um, I'm detective. I fit into the computer and everything. It was yeah. really difficult. Mm-hmm. We and then we recorded it. Yeah, yeah. So it's official now. Exactly. No take backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can call me Detective Amber. Yes. Uh, I am one half of the hosting duo of Into the Rabbit Hole, where we tell you a fun story about history. From history, uh, about people, places, things. Or paranormal things. All sorts of stuff. Fun things. Basically just anything we find interesting. Yeah, a lot of French. A lot of French women. Yeah, a lot of French women. A lot of fun French women. (laughs) You know, it's just because they're fun. Like, they have just good stories. They are fun. Well, the story that I have for you today is not French. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, is it Belgian? Portugal? Oh, okay. That's pretty close. Yeah, I feel like that's that's pretty on point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's less of a story about a woman and more about a couple. Oh, is it Madeline McCann's parents and how they killed her? No, but they okay, definitely good. killed her. <laughs> Just... You know, actually, I'm not so sure, but w- that's a whole other topic. 
okay okay well yeah that we're not a true crime podcast no, but no, if you're no. into that sort of thing there's there's places you can go there are okay let me get let me get in my storytelling position okay i'm ready i'm drinking wine oh me too that yummy wine that we got when we went to the cabin up north stella rosa yeah Black. yeah girl i'm having rascata oh nice it's my red one that's my other favorite. I usually get that one, but I tried. I decided I wanted the Stella Rosa tonight. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So this is good that we're we're drinking wine. We're getting into it. I don't usually drink on Monday nights because I'm an old lady. Mm-hmm. But it was felt special today, so I was like, okay, it is special. It's <sighs> just the two of us. So special. I like how we both just go into song. <laughs> Different songs. <laughs> Different songs. But we know each other so well. Yeah. So I have cool. a story about love. Oh, okay. So often we tell stories about tragedy. And, and while this story does have its own speckle of tragedy, I, I feel like it's also important to tell the stories where love sort of wins in the end. I love love stories. Those yeah, are my this favorites. One, this one's definitely morbid, but it's fun. Those are my favorite kind. Okay. Listen, if a movie, a love story movie will make me cry, I will, it's my favorite. This one's going to make you cry. Yes. Okay, envision it in your brain. I'm going to have one more sip. Okay, me too. Okay. Sorry if I'm nasally, by the way. I have a cold. Oh, me too. We're both sick. So perfect uh, audio voices. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Are you ready for my story? Yes. I've been ready. Okay. The 14th century was a time of kings and knights and dark, seedy plots. Ooh. It was an era of darkness. But romance wasn't dead. Not for a young prince, Peter I and his star-crossed love, Ines. Ooh. Wait, what's the name? I-N-E-S? I-N-E-S. So I think it's Ines. Yeah. I like it. It's Portuguese. Pretty. Yeah. Inez de Castro was born sometime in 1325 to a noble family. In 1340, when she was just 15 years old, Inez was sent to the court of the crown prince Peter I of Portugal to be the lady-in-waiting for his wife, Constanza of Cassiel. However, Constanza and Peter was a marriage of power and not of love, and the crown prince had been smitten with the beautiful and kind Inez. Mm, as they so often were. As they are. Quickly after meeting, their affair began. Ooh. Constanza and Peter were not an ideal match. Most people say that Peter was a willful sort of head-in-the-clouds type of romantic and Constanza was cold and formal and they didn't quite match. Makes sense until it's just a power marriage. Yeah, there was a whole, if you want to go onto Wikipedia, there's a whole spiel of how she has power, who her family lines are, uh, where his family lines are, and like this whole like hierarchy and sort of like power lines of why, what, who, and where. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into that because it really doesn't play that much into the story. It's more about the affair. Mm -hmm. Constanza, the wife of the crown prince peter constanza died five years after they were married in 
1345, shortly after she gave birth to Ferdinand I, who was... Mm-hmm. He so Ferdinand the first was the future king of Portugal. Okay, I think there's a lot of Ferdinands in Portugal. I also really like that name, Ferdinand. It makes yeah. me think of Franz Ferdinand. Oh yeah, I think of the bull. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not about a bull, unfortunately. Oh man! After Con- Constance's death. Peter asked his father, King Afonso V, for permission to marry Inez. And he said no. Yeah. Obviously. They Afonso. just don't understand. Jeez, Dad. <sighs> Alfonso. Afonso was a man who desired connections and power. This maid-turned-lover was a foolish match for the crown prince. Mm. So, isn't mm. that always the case? I'm touching him real hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, you will. Ugh. So, in a cruel addition to refusing his son's request, Afonso also banished Inez from the court. Oh. But this exile did nothing to prevent the lovers from continuing their relationship. Ooh, now I'm just picturing courtyard trysts at midnight under the moon. Well, Peter was was so enamored by this woman who he believed was his soulmate that he actually commissioned and built a villa, this massive, beautiful villa near Cumbria that him and Inez lived. The villa itself was dramatically named the Villa of Tears. Between, I wish someone would build me a villa. I know, right? Gift me one. Gift me one, right? Yeah, like Cora Pearl. I have to like... I have to either become a high-end hooker or... Or, or make a prince fall in love with make you. Make a prince fall in love with me. But the thing is, there aren't as many princes these days. Not many, no. And they also... Uh, none of them are single anymore. Yeah, they don't have that much power either. Well, yeah. But they probably still have money. That's true. It's all about the money. Although, supposedly, the English uh, crown is very poor. Yeah. I, I actually poor. I actually think that that's true. That, that they make sustainable income off of, like, tours and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had the Villa of Tears. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so dramatic. They are so romantic, though. <laughs> dramatic, romantic, same thing. Yeah. Well, love is dramatic. It's true. Um, between 1346 and 1354, Inez and Peter had four children, though only oh, wow. three survived infancy. Oh, they just can't catch a break. Yeah, so I mean, they did have uh, three out of four. All those, children, all those children would be all those children would be bastards too. Mm-hmm. Wait, three survived. Three survived. So for some reason, you said three survived, but I heard three out of four died. Oh yeah, so they had four children, <laughs> but only three bad. survived I, infancy. Okay, I got you. Okay. I was just dumb. That's fine. <laughs> As soon as numbers are introduced, <laughs> I have no idea. I was like, three out of four is pretty good, Kenzie, especially back in this time period. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I thought I, it was I don't opposite. mean to say that crassly. It just, as a no, heads no. up. <laughs> three out of four is pretty good. Yeah. King Alfonso and his advisors were afraid that Inez's relationship with Peter gave the Spanish influence over his son. You see, Inez wasn't just a maid. She was the daughter of Pedro Fernandez de Castro, Lord of Lemos and Saria, and his noble Portuguese mistress, El Donca Lorenco de Valdres. 
Well, yeah, she'd have to be of some noble blood to be a lady in waiting. Yeah, so her family descended from both the Galician and the Portuguese nobilities. What was more was that Peter's legitimate son, future King Ferdinand I of Portugal, was a frail child, whereas Peter and Inez's illegitimate children were thriving. This created even more discomfort among the Portuguese nobles, who feared the increasing Castilian influence over the young Peter. So you see how this kind of plays into like the unrest of his people. Mm -hmm. Right, because they they don't want anybody, like they don't want an outsider, basically. Mm -hmm. And like, I get it. The young Prince Ferdinand was already so frail and sickly. Right. Uh, they and he, he was the only child born of Peter's legitimate marriage. So, right. So yeah, people were pretty on edge. The king at this point realized this increased fear, and this is really sad. Okay, so the king sent three assassins to Inez oh, no. and Peter's home in 1355 to put oh, no. a violent end to their illicit affair. Oh, my when the killers arrived at the villa, they found Inez and her children sitting near a fountain, but Peter was nowhere to be found. The young lover was beheaded in front of her children, some sources claiming she was stabbed a dozen more times. Oh my god! While the children rem- remained unharmed physically, this would scar them mentally. Well, duh! Inez's body was eventually buried at the monastery of Santa Clara in Cumbria. I want to put a violent end to the king. <laughs> Like, now. Like, I know he's long dead now, but I want to raise him from the dead just so I can violently kill him. Right, because, like, how cruel do you like, have to be? every day. Like, I want to do it over and over and over again. Like, your son is so in love, and she's such a good woman and a good mother, and just because you're a- Her background. Yeah, and the, and, and the fact that the nobles also pressured him into it. Like, the nobles were, like, of the court, the courtiers, they were very upset that Peter and Inez's relationship had gotten to the point where he was having children with her. Uh, so the king felt like he had to. And I also think that the king was just a cruel fucking asshole. Yeah. I want him to be in like a Groundhog Day loop of just being tortured and murdered every day. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what he gets that's, for being a literal villain. Yes. That's what he deserves. Mm-hmm. Oh, so here's where this story gets wild. Okay. You ready? It's not wild yet. It's not wild yet. <laughs> I, I feel like that last part was pretty wild. <laughs> not in a good way. No. So, <laughs> one second. I have to drink. I have a, a tickle in my throat. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Oh, here we are. When the bastard Afonso died in 1357, Peter inherited the throne and immediately set about getting revenge. Ooh. He brought two of Anenza's three murderers to justice and had their hearts ripped out while he watched. Peter then declared that he and Inez had married in secret and that she was the rightful queen of Portugal. Oh my goodness. Shocking the people and all of the nobles under him. I want a secret marriage. I know. Are you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> he then ordered that her corpse be crowned during his coronation oh. ceremony. A grand, a grand display of his love. Oh my God. Inez's decomposing body 
with was clothed in precious royal robes and a stunning crown was placed on her head and she was placed on the throne next to peter in the cathedral of cumbria oh my god this sight alone would make most people quiver well yeah <laughs> but king peter wasn't done talk about corpse bride I know, that's the name of my story but i didn't want to say it at the beginning <laughs> i didn't want to give it away oh man i'm glad we are both there though okay we're both there yeah so Peter wasn't done. They all stood by and let his father murder the woman he loved. The courtiers were to be taught a lesson in humility. Oh. During his coronation. With his Did they have to go up and kiss the hand of the queen? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, really? Yeah. <laughs> During his coronation with his corpse bride proudly perched next to him, Peter had all of the nobles line up to kiss her decaying hand in a show of respect to their true queen. Oh my god, that's amazing. An issue of the Dublin Magazine published in 1852 describes the ceremony. Before I describe the ceremony, holy shit, Kenzie, could you imagine? I mean, I definitely don't want to kiss a corpse. Yeah, but like... That was his punishment to them. I wonder if uh, if anyone that maybe did speak out that he was, like, friends with and they were like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I wonder if they still had to do it. I I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe nobody spoke out. Maybe. They were probably all afraid of this king, though. Yeah, because Alfonso was, he, he was a very powerful king. Whereas when King Peter, or uh, Prince Peter, when, when he was a child, was, like I said, he was fairly head in the clouds- type of fellow and yeah kind of off in his own world yeah and like obviously he had to do what he had to do as a king and as a crown prince and um, i'm not forgiving him for like war or anything but in this instance of like him standing by the woman he loved through how many years of pressure from his father from his kingdom from the nobles so after like i said after his father died he immediately set this blazing trail across um the continent to find the the men who killed his wife or his lover um some sources say that and actually it's pretty widely thought that uh when he said that him and Inez had been married in private most people think that that is just like blindsman bluff yeah he was just saying it yeah but there's also no proof otherwise because he could have very well have been married by any monk who walked down the road like it yeah. very very it's very possible that hello good sir would you please marry us real quick yeah and if they don't know who he is then they don't know who he is you know what i mean yeah like yeah okay yeah so there's this issue of the dublin magazine published in 1852 uh had a description of the ceremony from uh accounts passed from generation to generation and people uh, whose family who had family who had been at this coronation or, or who had written um, letters from this coronation. And so this magazine collected sort of like the general idea and put it in this very hilarious, succinct little paragraph. Okay, I'm ready. King Peter is actually uh, sort of like a, a westernized way to say his name, but his actual name was Pedro. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be Pieter. 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 <laughs> Sorry, that's a that's another podcast reference. It's fine. 
King Pietro, on occasion of his coronation in the Cathedral of Cumbria, caused the corpse of Inez in the Covent of Santa Clara to be taken out after having lain there from 1355 to 1357. Dressed in royal robes and placed on a throne beside him, he publicly swore to the fact that their marriage at Braganza by a dispension of Rome caused her to be proclaimed queen and crowned as such and compelled by the nobles to do her corpse homage and kiss the cold dead hand, jealously watching for any symptom of repugnance. <laughs> oh. Pretty much... What this means in fancy people terms is he told the world, she's my wife, come fight me. You call me a liar, call me a liar to my face. And then as the nobles kissed her hand, he was like a hawk watching them to make sure they weren't going to be like, bleh, this is gross. Oh my god, think how bad she must have smelled and like, oh, I'm just picturing her to be like slimy. She was two years in the ground, man. I know, that's so gross. Super gross. Also, what what about her head? I mean, it was there. How did they get her head back on? It was there. I don't know. They just balance it. I can't. I can't imagine. Did they sew it into the cloth clothes? Do you think that they had any like um, embalming type? I don't know. Do bodies still have skin after two years? I don't know. I don't want to Google it. I don't want to. Be... I don't want to Google it because if I'm not already on a list, I will be after that. <laughs> we both know we're both on a list. <laughs> uh, I mainly try to Google things at work. Oh, well, now you're on your works list. I mean, I'm probably already there. It's fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah. I, I don't know if they did any embalming, but from all the records that she was, she was like still pretty, like she had skin on her. Ugh. So I don't know. I just imagine it to be like sliding off. I don't think, no, I think it's more like leather. It's all like oh. dry, right? Like it's all like dry and oh, mummified yeah. almost. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Still super gross. So after the ceremony, Inez's body was taken. This is the super romantic part. My heart still hurts a little bit. <laughs> after the ceremony, Inez's body was taken to the monastery of El Cobaca and placed in a tomb with her effigy. Her tomb faces Peter's, so they will rise facing each other during the last judgment. Aww. A burial fit for a proper queen. Aww. And I have to, I, I'm going to send you a picture of her, her burial plot, her effigy. It is, you can tell, was crafted with the utmost love. Oh, that is romantic. He, with his, with his dying breath, like swore that this was his soulmate in every Aww. sense of the way like or every every sense of the word where are you my that's dear so sweet oh that's so sweet my grandparents are buried together and their caskets are touching so Aww. that they're always together that's like yeah. really romantic mm -hmm. they're cute they were a cute story they got uh he proposed after like three days oh <laughs> they got married they had 10 children 10 10 fucking kids yeah, 10 kids that's rough man i have a very large family that's super super rough oh yeah on that side of the family i have 30 first cousins How, who just first cousins. that's fucked up yeah <laughs> that, poor, that poor woman but i know she was very happy when she was told she had to get a hysterectomy 
Nice. She's like, hallelujah. <laughs> it's about time. Because they're Catholic. They're oh, Catholic so they too, could so. not have babies. Right. Like very Catholic. So I sent you two pictures on Facebook. I want you to look at them. Oh, her effigy. And she's holding her babies. Mm-hmm. She's holding her babies. Oh, and because, because of this, her children also became legitimized and... They all had very successful and uh, happy marriages that were non-shamed because they weren't illegitimate children. They were the king's children. We'll post both of these pictures. So I know this was this was a short episode, but I feel like it was a very um, romantic one. And I just, I wanted everybody to know. Also, the thing about it is this is story this is a story that's famous for being like morbid because people are like oh did you hear about that crazy king who dug up his <laughs> lover and had her named queen and blah 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 but i don't feel like you get the whole story unless you know their history and how they they came to be and like what she meant to him right and he didn't do it for like a macabre reason right I mean, like a little bit because he wanted to get some revenge on the quarters but yeah, but I think he also wanted her to have the respect of a queen and his children and she, to be legitimized. Yeah, because she was she was buried in a monastery with other unwed mothers and like mm. uh, vagabonds. And just it right. was a very kind of like unholy, probably. Yeah, like, like very disrespectful. Probably. Yeah, and then uh, now she gets to be buried with kings and queens and her. And she's there. I think. The, most romantic thing is like she's they're buried almost like toe to toe so that during the last judgment they will I guess uh, rise from their tombs to face each other this is supposed to be super romantic they're already in well I don't know what belief they were but maybe they're already in heaven just like dancing I think Catholic because he had when during his um, coronation he claimed that he was married to Inez via a catholic priest? let me see if i i don't think he called it a priest what did he call Bishop? it Bishop, cardinal a dispense dis, dispensation of rome from rome oh, so he publicly swore rome. to the fact yeah i have no idea what that word's supposed to mean i think it just but, means somebody like dispensed from rome so like a uh somebody um representing like a representative of yeah. rome so either a cardinal or a priest or what have you or something probably i don't really know i'm just pretending i know but i don't actually know yeah pretty sure pretty sure catholic was the idea but um he married her legally had her claimed queen and as she was dead and uh yeah so now portugal has a kind of morbid but super romantic story about one of their kings. I like that story. And now and I know queen. that even in death, I can become a queen. Yeah, that I mean, gives me, gives I me some hope. prefer to do it while alive, but I'll take dead too, I guess. I mean, if I have to, if it has to be one or the other, I would obviously choose alive. But if I can't pick that, I'll choose dead. That's fair. Listen, if I die before you, will you please make sure that everyone knows I was a queen? I don't think, I don't think there's one thing I would stop at doing. Like, like Peter, that would be my last dying wish. Would you, would you exhume my body and have everybody kiss my hand? Mm -hmm. Only the people that didn't like me. Mm -hmm. I would, um, 
sew you a nice robe. Oh, thank you. Get you a crown. And throw my head back on if it's been cut off. I for sure will. You know I've got sewing skills. I know you do. I know you do. So you can do it. I'll give you the heart stitch. Okay, thanks. Because I love you. (laughs) So much. So touching. This is really morbid. (laughs) Literally (laughs) fucked up. And then we can be buried next to each other. Foot to foot. So that that when the last judgment comes, because obviously we're going to hell, but like... (laughs) We can. Our spouse can be on the other <laughs> side of us as long as we're together. We can, yeah, Mitch can 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 be on the left side of me. That's fine. Yeah. But like, yeah. I only want to be toe to toe with you. Yes, I want our caskets to be touching. <laughs> if people don't think we're like ridiculous lovers by this point, today. We were talking at work, we were talking about, um, there was a girl and her and her boyfriend had matching clothes the other day. Uh-huh. Not on purpose. Well, one day they did it on purpose, and then another day it wasn't on purpose. And I was saying how Greg will never match with me. Like, we have a few shirts that we have the same, and if I'm wearing it and he puts his on, he'll take it off and what? change. So sometimes I trick him and I'll put, like, a hoodie on so he can't see, and then I'll put, and then he'll, like, walk out and we'll leave, and I'll be like, ha ha! Gotcha. And then I was telling him, I was like, at least my best friend matches with me. We made matching shirts for every day at Disney World. <laughs> we did. And everyone was like, oh, that's so cute. I think, so when we were at Disney, I think my favorite part of the whole trip was making people guess whether we were twins or wives. I know, it was so great. I, I would say for the most part, people thought we were twins, but yes. then... Well, because we both had happy birthday pins on, and whenever they said happy birthday, we would go, thank Thank you. We would do it at the same time. It was very creepy, actually. And then they would, like, ask another question, and we would follow it up together, and then finally they'd be like, are you twins? Yes. That was great. And then they'd be like, take your sunglasses off. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one one girl was like... She was like, get real close. Like, she looked deep into our eyes and our souls. She knew I I was lying. She did. She knew it. She did. That was fun, though. But you know what? Sometimes twins don't look at all alike. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, we we were pretty adorable. Matching twinsies. We should have matching caskets. Yes, obviously we're going to get matching caskets. That's... They're going to like say they're going to have some vinyl. <laughs> I want I want like by Felicia. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. It I oh my gosh, you shook me. We 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 should start a millennial casket making company where it's just like memes. <laughs> ingrained on your casket yes this would be amazing (laughs) yes like bye felicia um and then we can just like damn daniel (laughs) what are those (laughs) yes this is perfect all right that's our next our next business venture (laughs) Uh, we're, we're like doctors philosophers historians armchair detectives casket undertakers. makers undertakers <laughs> nice i love it it was, it. it was gonna we were gonna get there eventually you know yeah. 
Yeah, of course. Okay, so that is my story. Uh, Kenzie, where can they find us? Uh, they can find us at all over the internet. <laughs> all of the places. Um, okay, let me think. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is rabbithole underscore pod. And then we're on Facebook. You can just search Into the Rabbit Hole Podcast. Um, if you want to email us, you can do that at into the rabbit hole dot podcast at gmail.com. And our website is into the rabbit hole dash podcast.com. Nice. Nailed it. Thanks. And then we have a Patreon. Oh, yeah. We have a Patreon. Uh, if you just, you can get to it from any of our social media or our website. Yeah, so how this next few weeks are going to go, guys, is we are going to kind of bulk record and then release an episode. But if we miss a week here and there, it's because, one, it's the holidays. Yes. Uh, two, we have a lot of birthdays and events coming up. Mm-hmm. And three, we're human. We, we, we you know, we're, we're not perfect. Four, uh, we're constantly sick at this time of year. All At least one time. of us. Yeah, we're Currently both sick right now. Currently it's both. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're um, welcome for yeah, that. So it might be, it might not be quite as regular schedule. We might go to more of a bi-weekly thing just for the holidays. Yeah, but don't, don't worry. Once the weather starts warming up, you'll, you'll get our annoying voices back. <laughs> yeah, once we uh, come out of hibernation slash winter depression. Oh, yeah. Guys, it got dark at 4.45 today. Yes. It was pitch black. It's not healthy. It's dark when I got. It was dark when I left for work, and it was dark when I got home. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's just it's disgusting. I'm I'm actually considering moving, uh, to not here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Just for just for like January through April. I no, literally. The end of April. I understand why old people now have like. A, a winter home in Florida. Like, I get it. I was like, when I was a kid, I was like, no, that's dumb. The winter's awesome. There's snow. Yeah, but see, back then you would get snow days. Yeah. Now, I just hate snow because I will never, ever get a snow day. My work even tells us that snow is not an acceptable excuse to call off work. That's disgusting. Whatever, I'm not going to get started. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> That was nice. That was, nice. That was a very super smooth segue, Kezzy. Super, super smooth. I'm here for. Okay. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the flip flop. The flippity flop. Okay. I'm out. Okay, bye. Bye.